interactive sports program in Seattle, Washington called Outdoors for All. We're speaking with Tim Nagel, my volunteer coordinator for Outdoors for All, about the program and how you and your patients can get involved. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the SNAP Podcast. We are here with Tim Nagel. Um, so, Tim, can you introduce yourself for us and so our listeners know a little bit more about you and how you got involved with Outdoors for All? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Tim. Um, I'm the volunteer coordinator for the Outdoors for All Foundation in um, Seattle, Washington. Um, I have a physical disability called spina bifida. Um, and so I grew up um, playing all sorts of um, adaptive recreational sports and um, outdoor recreation. So it's been a really big passion of mine growing up um, in Texas and, uh, you know, made my way through college, studied sport management, knew I wanted to go into the nonprofit career path um, and the adaptive sport career path. Um, so first moved out to Colorado to kind of begin my more outdoor rec journey um, and started skiing and cycling. And um, I was a program coordinator for a program out there in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Um, and then, yeah, slowly made my way up to the Pacific North Northwest. I knew I wanted to live up here at some point. And um, I heard about Outdoors for All for quite a while, knew they were such a great organization. and um, yeah, now I get to be the volunteer coordinator. And uh, my job is to essentially recruit, um, retain, and um, help volunteers along the path to be um, involved in our programs at Outdoors for All. That's awesome. I um, definitely, I have a personal experience with Outdoors for All with my youngest brother. Um, and so I know how important it is for um, kids in the Pacific Northwest just to get involved and get out there and be a part of outdoor recreation and um, get them involved in all these different types of activities that they may not have thought they could be involved with at first. So um, I really love the idea of Outdoors for All and the program and what it stands for. So could you tell us a little bit more about um, Outdoors for All and how it started? Yeah, so Outdoors for All is kind of unique in that um, we do have a rich history. It started in 1979. Um, we used to be called the Ski for All Foundation because that was um, the only program we did was skiing. Um, in the winter of 1978, 1979, um, just a group of people on at the summit of Snoqualmie, one of the ski uh, resorts that we work out of, um, they decided that they wanted to introduce skiing to the adaptive community. and um, got folks up out there and, and got them down the hill. And um, that next year uh, we were incorporated as a 501c3 um, nonprofit. Um, and yeah, it was called the Ski for All Foundation. You still um, hear a lot of people in the community and um, especially older volunteers um, continue to call it the Ski for All Foundation. <laughs> but um, at some point along the way, we, we switched over to the Outdoors for All Foundation because we kept adding programs throughout the years, um, you know, our summer programs and military programs and to what it is today you know 40 we just celebrated 40 years and yeah so it's it's been a rich history of you know continually adding programs and partnerships and um, being more of a rich um you know resource and um available for the community to use so an awesome yeah, journey. that's yeah. awesome you you mentioned a little bit of the partnerships and i know that you're partnered with some of the bigger names too so um not just local ski communities and um outdoor places in Seattle and the Pacific Northwest, but also um, groups like Disabled Sports USA, Paralympic Sport Club, 
and even the U.S. Forest Service. How do you use these partnerships to promote your programs and help your participants? Yeah, for sure. So it, first I'll just say, yeah, partnerships are just a key aspect of, of growing and developing nonprofits, right? So someone, yeah, like the U.S. Forest Service, I mean, we can do a lot of our um, outdoor recreation without them helping us along. And they also have a great mission of inclusivity and in the outdoors and um, in the public spaces. And so, um, yeah, partners like that have been huge. And then you mentioned Disabled Sports USA, and uh, we're essentially a chapter organization of what was formerly known as Disabled Sports USA. They just announced their um, rebanding and their um, partnership with Adaptive Sports USA, I believe. And uh, they're called Move United now. So it's, you know, we're definitely a local organization that serves the Seattle and um, Western Washington populations, but on more of a national scale, we, we do have partners that help us along the way, so. Yeah, that's awesome. But also just like, like you said, it's very important for um, just programs and especially nonprofit organizations to have those partnerships. And um, even if it's a very localized program, you definitely have those national components to it, which get, gets you into a more global scale, I think, so. Absolutely. And then, you know, we can start, re you know, recruiting participants, even out of state sometimes. And um, like I said, even before I moved up to the Pacific Northwest, I knew who um, Outdoors for All was just because of the name, you know, and um, it's, yeah, it, it helps a lot when you have um, that kind of national, nationwide um, reputation. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, could you tell me a little bit about the programs that are available with Outdoors for All and what um, your participants might be able to get to do? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, obviously we're in the midst of a pandemic at the moment, so <laughs> things look quite drastically different now to um, a typical summer, typical year um, in the outdoors. Um, so I'll just say traditionally we do offer winter and summer programs. So in the winter, our participants can get out um, skiing, snowboarding, um, Nordic skiing. We operate operate out of two ski resorts, the Summit of Snoqualmie and Stevens Pass. So um, we have weekly programs um, at both of those resorts in the in the winter. Um, but I'd say our summer programs are actually more um, ex extensive than our winter programs. In the summer, uh, we have day camps happening every day for youth, teens, and adults. Um, we have kayaking. Um, cycling, mountain biking, rock climbing, um, all sorts of awesome, um, what we call program series where there's um, activities, you know, once a week for a specified number of weeks. Uh, and then we serve a large military population as well. So we, we partner with a few local VAs um, and then a couple other uh, military groups um, and have quite an extensive participant pool and network of our military population to do um, all those types of same activities. Um, annually, in a typical year, we serve um, over 3,000 participants. I think it's just about 3,300, 3,400 participants. Wow. Um, yeah, that number just keeps growing. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's quite awesome. exciting. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we want to get into kind of the shift in mentality from the um, pandemic, but obviously things have, have shifted and, um, you know, we're unfortunately not able to offer nearly as much because, you know, a lot of adaptive recreation is um, contact-based in nature and mm -hmm. um, larger groups in nature, but it's been really cool to see the adaptive sport community um, and other nonprofits and um, as well as ourselves kind of adapt, for lack of a better word, to this new <laughs> 
new normal that we're living in, um, doing, you know, a lot of virtual programming and um, a lot of like contactless, um, you know, bike deliveries and trying to be creative in ways that we can still reach our participants, make sure they're doing okay um, and provide, you know, outdoor recreation. And, um, you know, outdoor recreation is actually a great space because it is socially distant if you do it correctly, right? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. I'm sure many viewers out there are still enjoying the outdoors um, and still getting active because it's something you can do safely during a pandemic. So we're, we're trying to, um, you know, still serve our mission, even though it looks a little bit different than what we had <laughs> planned for this summer. So. And you guys started a cycle rental program, correct? Yeah, that's one of our, our um, first programs that we rolled out um, after um, COVID. And uh, it's a pretty cool program. It's called the Bikes to You program. So. Um, anybody within a 15 mile radius um, of our offices in Seattle um, can request a bike and um, we'll bring it to you. Um, and yeah, it's just a, it's a bike rental and it's all, um, all sponsored. And so um, it's, it's been great. It's been a huge success, um, really popular program and just seeing so many of our participants, you know, on bikes being active, just a really cool opportunity yeah. during this time it's been really fun to see all the different pictures and stories and just people being out and active you know long-term participants and also some new participants as well definitely and um one of the things i really like about the outdoors for all program is that it um doesn't only just get people outside and be active and um empowering uh those with disabilities to be outside and be active and be a part of the community, which they never thought they might be able to. Um, but it also does a lot of community outreach and programs to teach everybody just safety. And so I know that you guys have started promoting bike safety with this cycle rental program with the Let's Go program and some of the videos that you've been putting out. Um, is there any other like community outreach you've been doing during this time? Because I know COVID's just kind of thrown a wrench in a lot of summer plans. <laughs> I know. Well, what's been cool um, for the Outdoors for All staff at the moment is that we're, we're getting that um, time and opportunity to create more extensive like training manuals and um, like online videos, um, you know, virtual programs. Um, and so, yeah, we've, we're going to be able to reach a far greater population. Um, I think as we roll out more of these videos, um, I personally worked with one of my coworkers on a, um, volunteer orientation video series and so a brand new volunteer who's interested in our organization um, can go through these videos answer some quiz questions and get right into volunteering um, which is a lot easier than having to schedule some in-person um, volunteer orientation um, so I think you know uh, post-COVID world has a lot of perks and stuff for people adapting and making things more accessible and easier for folks. And I um, feel, like, feel like I got away from your, your question a little bit, but um, <laughs> and, and, in short, yes, we're, we're definitely, um, you know, been outreaching to the community. And I think a virtual world is a um, sometimes inherently accessible world as well, mm -hmm. um, which is, I think, really exciting um, for the adaptive community and, and everyone in general. Yeah, um, definitely. I completely agree. The virtual world has, um, exploded even more than it normally would be in COVID and um, I you mentioned the volunteer orientation and that's a, a great segue for talking about how our listeners could possibly volunteer or send volunteers your way 
um, and how you are currently taking volunteers right now and um, how in the post-COVID world, whenever we get there, um, how they can help volunteer with Outdoors for All in the future. Yeah, totally. So um, I'll just say in, in general, um, our volunteers have typically um, been um, you know, the instructors, um, the facilitators of our program. So if a participant goes skiing on the ski hill, um, a volunteer would be their instructor um, all day on their lesson. Um, same thing with um, like kayaking. If you um, are in our kayaking program, a volunteer will be um, in a kayak with you, um, leading you on, on the way. So um, that's one of the major roles of our, our volunteers. Um, another major role is helping out with um, our uh, fundraising events. So we have a hand, handful of um, those types of events throughout the year. Volunteers are crucial in making sure those events run smoothly. Um, and then just there, there's other opportunities as well, like for our winter program um, and a typical year, um, we'll need like drivers and chaperones and other off snow volunteer um, volunteers to help out. So a lot of times volunteers say, oh, I don't know how to do skiing. I don't know how to cycle or I don't know how to rock climb. And um, there's always an area where people can help out as volunteers. So considering what that kind of typically looks like and what's happening now, um, unfortunately, currently, just right, you know, in this point in time, we have suspended our volunteer programs. So um, all the programs that we are pushing out right now um, are 100% staff led. Um, and yeah, we're not us utilizing volunteers, which is, um, you know, it's unfortunate, but we want to be as health and safety conscious as mm -hmm. possible and, um, you know, increasing um, the amounts of people who are helping out with the program is going to incre increase that risk. Um, but, you know, eventually we're going to get to a different stage in, in COVID, you know, eventually. Um, <laughs> eventually. And, you know, I'm sure it looks different in the Pacific Northwest than than where you are in, in Reno. And I'm sure it looks different than, you know, other parts of the U.S. So mm -hmm. um, the restrictions in Washington state are, um, for lack of a better word, more restrictive than some other states. Um, mm -hmm. And so we're just trying to do our best to continue to serve our mission. But um, once we reach a later stage within um, COVID, we'll definitely start utilizing volunteers again um, in the capacities that I've, that I've just laid out. It'll look It'll definitely look a little bit different, and that's kind of what the staff is working on right now is what it's going to look like. Um, but we'll definitely uh, have volunteers help out with that, you know, direct instruction, um, whether or not it's in uh, more of a private group lesson or um, single um, private lesson or um, even virtually. So, right. Yeah, we will definitely need volunteers. Um, when volunteers come to me right now, I say, you know, thank you so much for your interest. Right now, unfortunately, it's not the best time, but um, we'd love for you to, you know, be active on our social media and um, get, on, get on our mailing list so you know what's happening, you know, because uh, in the world we live in, you know, it could be an announcement, like a flip of the switch. Um, mm -hmm. Restrictions kind of lift a little bit and then we're going to be right back to, to offering programs. So um, just because if you want to volunteer and you can't right now, doesn't mean I don't want you to, to reach out and um, show your face so yeah. definitely so how can our listeners either reach out to you or um find outdoors for all on social media yeah totally so we're super active on um facebook and instagram 
um, posting almost every day. Um, and so you can just search for Outdoors for All. That's our tag for both of those medium. And um, yeah, I would say right now that's the best way to get the most like up-to-date information. Um, but you can also go on our website, outdoorsforall.org, um, and you can sign up for our mailing lists. Uh, so we typically send out one email a month, um, just our monthly e-newsletter e highlighting um, everything that's happening. So for the time being, that's probably the best resource for listeners. Um, you can also email me, um, volunteer at outdoorsforall.org. Uh, if you have any like questions about specific, you know, typical roles of volunteering, or uh, if you just want to say hi, or uh, want to just know more about, yeah, a specific program or or resources that are available to you, um, I'd love to love to get some more emails. It, it's funny because I uh, typically get you know a lot more emails per day, <laughs> you know, pre-COVID, <laughs> and uh, now you know people my inbox um, for myself is just a little bit a little drier, so. So hopefully some of our listeners will help fill that up a little bit more. I always <laughs> some, some new emails in my inbox. So yeah, don't awesome. be shy. <laughs> well, and we'll, we will put links to um, the email and the website and all the social media pages in our show notes so that our listeners can easily scroll down and um, just click the link and they can head right over and start following and learning more about Outdoors for All. Sounds um, awesome. <laughs> um, and then so our... Uh, this podcast and uh, most of our listeners are either current physical therapists one to five years out of school, sometimes even more than that, or they're still in school and so our students going for that doctorate of physical therapy degree. Um, so as a physical therapist or a future physical therapist um, who will work with children and possibly even young adults with disabilities why should they send um, their patients to Outdoors for All and what can their patients get from Outdoors for All? Yeah, definitely. So this is, this is why I do what I do, right? I love, I love this question. Yes. Um, so yeah, growing up with a disability, I, I did, you know, tons of physical therapy and um, was in a clinical setting a lot. And, and um, you know, I believe that therapy in a clinical setting is, is so vital and so important. Um, but I believe also what's equally as important is that therapeutic recreation, essentially, and uh, getting active in the outdoors. Programs like ourselves, I mean, we help our participants with so much. I mean, increased physical activity, increased levels of motivation, um, increased, you know, confidence, um, a family uh, that they can come into and build relationships with. And uh, I want to stress that even more just because in, in my personal life, you know, adaptive recreation has kind of filled that that relational and sociability, you know, for myself, which has been so vital. And so between our staff, our volunteers, other participants, when, you know, someone with a disability comes to our program, I mean, they really get to experience all those things and um, all those people. And we do have a, I would say, I mean, I might be a little bit biased, but I really do think our community, community of volunteers and staff are are really amazing and really inviting. I, yeah, I guess can't stress enough how important it is to to try those things and um, you know, you said you grew up up here in Seattle and, you know, a big, a big culture in Seattle is, is the outdoors and uh, mm -hmm. getting outside and, and outdoor recreation. Um, and were it not for programs like Outdoors for All, um, our participants wouldn't have that opportunity, you know, just thinking about maybe a typical Saturday in the winter, um, you know, your average Seattleite is like, oh, I'm going to go skiing. And then our participants with a disability 
you know, on a Sunday, they could be like, oh, yesterday I just went skiing, you know, at, yep. at Stephen's house. <laughs> and it's like, oh, just casually, I just went skiing. It's, it's just like, it fills that gap that wouldn't be there before. Um, and for me personally, my personal life, outdoor recreation and recreation has been huge and just goal setting and um, motivation and confidence. So that's why I really believe in, in the mission of what we do and um, that, yeah, anyone who's interested in it should, should send their, their um, patients to us and um, get involved. So yeah, exactly. we, work, we work heavily with um, Seattle Children's Hospital and a lot of PTs over there. Um, so a lot of our participants come from um, hospitals like that. Oh, that's awesome. That's really good that you have those like internal referrals to, to the program. Um, I know that Outdoors for All made a big impact in my family. So I'm uh, the second of four children. The very youngest um, is high functioning autistic. And so you mentioned skiing and that was a big part of how Outdoors for All started. And my parents were skiers. So they wanted us to all ski. And um, that's actually how we kind of got involved with Outdoors for All to begin with is to help our youngest, Matthew, get involved with skiing. And it became a family affair going to Outdoor for All programs. So we went hiking and biking and skiing with Outdoors for All. We all volunteered at least a little bit at some point. So um, it definitely made a big impact in Matthew's life. And in our family's life, we could just see the, the change in not only Matthew, but the participants around us and have that community and the family involvement. And it was, it's a great program that I fully endorse and I love everything you guys are doing. So I'm glad that um, you guys have those like local physical therapists involved already. And hopefully some more of our listeners who are in the Northwest start sending some of their patients over to you as well who want to get involved. Yeah. You mentioned how um, our program um, helped your family like be inclusive with, with Matthew and mm -hmm. um, get everyone involved skiing, right? And that's, that's one of my most favorite success stories is um, families who probably didn't think that they could all ski together or all bike together or do these activities. Um, and like just kind of proving society wrong and just the stigmas wrong and yes. um, getting everyone out and active. And I mean, I've seen parents just like cry, like on the spot just because of how awesome it is. And it's not just outdoors for all, you know, there, there are other organizations and um, you know, these, these types of goals can happen outside of organization as well, but just, just seeing everyone out and active at the same time is just, yeah. One of the reasons why I'm in this field, it's, it's so, so cool. So. Yeah, definitely. It's very empowering to see the normalization of outdoor recreation. I think it's such a, a great way to have the inclusivity of for everybody. Absolutely. And I feel like even between when I was a kid to now, I feel like there's a lot more awareness for accessibility within the outdoors um, and just um, knowledge of accessibility in general, which is a great trend to be going. We still have a lot long ways to go, but um, I think there are improvements being made all the time. So, yes, definitely. Well, um, like I said, I, I'm really appreciative for Outdoors for All and um, for you for jumping on this podcast with me and just discussing a little bit about how our listeners can get involved and how their patients can get involved and why it's important for their patients to be referred over to you or for it to be a part of their um, 
in the back of their mind in order for them to know if some one of their patients want to be involved outdoors, this is a place that they can send them to. Yeah, you know, I'll probably just reiterate that, you know, it, it's obvious we live in a, in a different world right now than, than what we used to live in. Um, but that doesn't mean that, um, you know, our mission and our goals can't still be achieved. Uh, it, just, it might look a lot different, but, um, you know, it starts with us to be creative and to help each other out to achieve those goals. And, um, you know, Outdoors for All is, is striving to continue to serve our mission. And um, we're looking forward to the day that we can, you know, recreate more with, with our participants again and um, the folks around us. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird time, but it's also <laughs> an exciting time to kind of maybe shift and um, to, yeah, to just overall help our community out. Love it. Well, thank you again so, so much for being a part of this. We really enjoyed having you. Tim was so fun to talk to. And like I said in the interview, I can't endorse Outdoors for All enough after seeing the impact the program had personally with my brother.